Common Sensors Podcast Consumers. Welcome to episode 121, that's right, 121, of Go Tell to the Wall podcast. I'm, of course, your absolute favorite podcast host, the one and only Sean O'Rourke, and we've got an action-packed show for you tonight. I'm not even going to temper expectations, I'm just going to say it is an action-packed show. we got lots of great stuff for you tonight, and uh, part of that is because we missed a couple weeks. Had some scheduling conflicts, uh, so unfortunately couldn't get into the studio to do full episodes. But if you follow our YouTube channel, uh, you saw some new content was had, was was being posted on YouTube. Uh, just just no full episodes, but we are back to full strength now here on this fine f- Thursday evening in February. Uh, and actually, tomorrow is Valentine's Day, uh, or today, or yesterday, depending when you're listening to this audio. But for the purpose of the live feed, tomorrow is Valentine's Day, so we do have a little Valentine's twist on some of our segments tonight, uh, really in a fun way. I'm not a huge fan of Valentine's Day. Fortunately, my wife is not either. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that as we get get through episode 121. Uh, we, of course, always kick things off with social plugs. That's right, social plugs. You can keep up with us during episodes, after episodes, four episodes, whenever you so please, and you can do that in multiple locations. One of those would be Facebook. We are currently live on Facebook with our live feed right now, so head over to facebook.com slash Go tell it to the wall. You're going to find our Facebook page there. Make sure you like it. Uh, check back often for updates. That's going to keep you updated on pretty much everything pertaining to Go Tell It to the Wall. Uh, we are also on YouTube. That's right, YouTube. Head over to YouTube. Search Go Tell It to the Wall. You're going to see our channel right there. Uh, and, and you'll find all of our live feeds, all of our teasers, specific clips from the show. Uh, and, and most importantly, you're going to find the, the specific playlists on there. So if you're looking for uh, mental health content, you're going to find it on there. You're looking for the beer reviews, you're going to find it on there. You're looking for rants, you're going to find all that stuff on there. Uh, so please, please make sure you are subscribed to our YouTube channel. Uh, and of course, I, I've been mentioning it here and there, but I'm just going to start using this more often. If you want to follow my Instagram account, that would be SoCalSean. That's right, S-O-C-A-L-S-E-A-N. Uh, because I'm, I'm trying to ramp up using that a little more for the actual podcast and for the Go Tell to the Wall world. Uh, and, and possibly we're going to start a, a new uh, Instagram account channel, like, you know, pertaining specifically to Go Tell to the Wall. So keep an eye out for that. I'll start, I'll start teasing it and, and promoting it once we actually get around to doing that. But in the meantime, if you're an Instagram user, definitely follow my own personal Twitter, uh, Twitter, uh, Instagram, speaking of Twitter, uh, Instagram account, which is SoCalSean. Uh, you can also. Make sure, most importantly, even all-encompassing of those things I just mentioned, uh, would be SeanO'RourkeLive.com. That's right, SeanO'RourkeLive.com. That is a website pertaining to everything that is Sean O'Rourke, everything that is Go Tell to the Wall. Uh, You're actually going to find links to those platforms I just mentioned right there on SeanO'RourkeLive.com. You're also going to find our blog posts, photos, and videos you don't find anywhere else, as well as a link to our Patreon page. That's right, Patreon. For those of you not familiar with it, I'm not going to explain it ridiculously again. It it is something that it's a a platform uh, to help support, uh, you know, artists, broadcasters, uh, influencers, in finger quotes there. Uh, And and we do have a a, uh, Patreon campaign up there. So please, if you have the means and you see fit to do so, help us out financially. Uh, and for those of you that are longtime listeners of the show, you might have noticed I didn't promote our Twitter account. Not the Go Tell to the Wall Twitter account, not my own personal Twitter account, as we have done for really a couple years now. Uh, and the reason is, I'm not going to post on Twitter anymore. This is not the weekly rant, but I'll tell you, Twitter is just such a fucking cesspool, and I'm, and I'm completely over it, because they don't do anything to control their platform. Uh, and, you know, you see everyone complaining about Facebook and stuff. The thing with Facebook is you can actually just keep that into groups, and everything else. You don't need to deal with other idiots. The problem with Twitter is you deal with other idiots. And, and I'm just not doing it anymore. I'm completely over that platform. Jack is a son of a bitch, the guy that started Twitter. I don't even know his last name. And frankly, I don't care because Twitter is an absolute cesspool. It's a bunch of people running around tweeting out their ide- their, like their thoughts and their ideas. And it's all fucking stupid. The majority of it's fucking stupid. Now, personally, I'm still going to use it a little bit to, to keep up on news and stuff. That does keep me up to date on some local things and everything, but we're just not going to utilize the platform anymore for uh, Go Tell It to the Wall, for the podcast, for the YouTube channel, for any of that stuff. Just not doing it anymore because I don't want Go Tell It to the Wall uh, really associated at all with Twitter because it's a disgusting platform and I'm completely done with it. And I'm not going to get into further details on the stuff that I've that I've seen on there that I've been dealing with, but it, it's absolutely disgusting. It's it's absolutely disgusting and, and we're not going to do it anymore. So you can continue to follow it if you want uh, if you're already following it, that's great. But we're not putting any more content up through Twitter. I'm just not doing it anymore because it 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 grosses. It makes me want to throw up. 
The whole platform makes me want to throw up, and we're not going to utilize Twitter anymore. And that's kind of why we're we're going to start utilizing Instagram uh, instead now, because I'm just I'm just done with the hate and the ridiculousness and and the the puffing out chests and all this other bullshit that goes on on that platform. It's it's disgusting. It's disgusting. I'm about 30 seconds away from just deleting it off my phone. The only reason I still have it on my phone is it does keep me, like I said, apprised of of kind of local news and and, and everything else. I basically just follow uh, newscasters and a couple politicians and. And, you know, maybe a couple, I don't, see, I don't even follow, like, famous, I, I don't care, I, I don't care, move, move it over to Facebook or, or Instagram, uh, and then maybe you'll get a follow from me, but personally, we're not doing the Twitter thing anymore, um, and, and, and that's, that's where I'm gonna leave that, because I'm just, I'm not doing it anymore, I'm not, I'm not giving them my content to then shit all over, because that's what happens on Twitter, and it, and it's not even negative stuff toward the podcast, it's just, it's the ridiculousness of Twitter. And the people on there. And I'm done with it. I, oh, God, I spent the past two weeks like just blocking people like crazy. I'm like, nope, 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 nope. And now there's like five people that, <laughs> that can actually interact with me on Twitter. I basically blocked all of Twitter because it, it's gross. just makes me want to throw up. All right. Uh, like I said, we did miss a couple weeks. We had some scheduling conflicts. It's been a little ridiculous here uh, in the Go Tell to the Wall studio. And uh, unfortunately, couldn't get in here for an entire episode for the past two weeks. But we are, like I said, back to full strength uh, and, and should be... Uh, in the same boat next week, uh, barring any scheduling conflicts, which seem to be popping up quite a bit. Hey, Matt. Uh, all right, beer this week. I'm actually really excited about this. I love this brewery. They, they, they. It's, it's almost like they never, never disappoint. And it's Modern Times, uh, Modern Times local brewery here. Uh, Southern California. Uh, they do have a tasting room in downtown Los Angeles if you're in the Los Angeles area. Uh, and this particular beer is the Mythic Worlds IPA. That's right. It's the Mythic Worlds IPA. It's actually a hazy IPA uh, featuring the Galaxy Hops. For those of you out there that are like hop geeks, I, I can't keep up with the various hops. Once in a while, I do try a beer that's like, oh, this is, and it kind of sticks with me. Galaxy's not one of those. Um, and I can't even think of any others off the top of my head. It's just, I'm like, oh yeah, no, that is good. And then remember it for a couple days and I'm done. Uh, yeah, see, I love, that's right. Matt, Matt loves some modern times too. Uh, one of our big go tell the wall fans and my personal friend, Matt Naring is on the uh, live feed right now. Uh, but super excited about this one. It is tasty. I will warn everyone if, if you're not an IPA fan, uh, it, basically if you dislike IPAs, just Overall, you're like, nope, nope, nope. This is probably not for you. Uh, but if you're a casual IPA drinker uh, who's like, well, I like them. Sometimes I don't like them. It is, it is smoother, uh, and that's the haziness of it, uh, and, and I'm sure the hops in there and everything else. So it is a little smoother, but it does sit at a high alcohol content, sitting there at 7.5% alcohol content. Uh, so it is it is on the stronger side uh, for an IPA, but not crazy. I mean, I most IPAs I see, they, they're in that like 6 to 7 range, so we're not talking crazy. Uh, stronger, just a little bit stronger, uh, but highly, highly recommend. And actually, Super Bowl Sunday, I had a a, a hoppy pale ale from them, from from Modern Times. Cannot remember the exact name of it, uh, but that was also a super tasty one. Modern Times. I feel like this is the one brewery that's never disappointed me with a beer. And I'm a big fan of a lot of local breweries, especially around Southern California. Uh, Stone, for example, I literally grew up drinking Stone before Stone was a thing, uh, being from San Diego. And, uh, but Stone has disappointed me. You know, the, the, most breweries, modern times, they do not disappoint. Um, yeah, they do make some, uh, they do make good IPAs. And that's the thing, Matt's bringing up a good point. Uh, they, they don't overhop it. You know, I've talked about this on other episodes, but definitely on beer reviews. It's not a punch in the face. I, I, I will say, that's why I say if you're a casual IPA drinker, you, you sometimes like IPAs. Uh, there's a good chance you're going to enjoy this one. It's just, I will warn you, if you if you don't like IPAs at all, probably not going to love this one. In fact, uh, on-air producer Chris would, would probably enjoy this as much as he does not really enjoy IPAs overall because uh, it's a little smoother. And that Modern Times does a great job of that. They really do. So, so highly, highly, highly recommend the Mythic Worlds. Uh, from modern times. And I think you can pick it up in most stores, at least in California. I don't know how wide their distribution is, but check them out. This was picked up at like Sprouts or something. It's just like they, they always have a modern times and Sprouts and a couple of the other stores around here in Los Angeles. And uh, I try to pick them up whenever there's a new one out there, especially when I can share it with you guys. And this this one fits the bill. So check them out. Mythic Worlds uh, from modern times. Mm. And it is a little stronger. So we're probably, we're probably going to be off the rails here, uh, like 20 minutes into the episode. All right, 
We come to that point that we do in every episode, which is at the top of the episode most times, and that would be the weekly rant for episode 121. That's right, the weekly rant. And this one I've actually had in the hopper for a little while because uh, it's, it's been bothering me. I don't want to say it's like a constant bother, uh, but I, I've talked a little bit about this, but I wanted to take the time to really talk about it, especially because what's happening right now uh, in, in the music world and, and, and all the backlash and everything. And, and that's the basic concept of like what you like. You know, you can like a certain television show, you can like certain films, you can like certain music, and it doesn't matter what other people think. And at this, on, on the other side of that, if you see someone that likes something, there's no need, no reason, no need to criticize the fact that they like something. Now, there's obvious exceptions. If you, if you like racists and you like Nazis, well, yeah, those are things that you don't need to support. But when it comes to just different types of music, different types of entertainment, you know, we've talked about this when it comes to sports. People that don't like sports, they're like, that's horrible. Why do you like that? You know, and it's what well, you could say to them, well, what do you like? Well, I like comedy. Well, that's horrible. Why do you like that? There's no need for any of that. There's no need for it. Just let people like what they like. And this has really come to light recently uh, because Green Day put out a new album. We're going to talk about that in entertainment news uh, a little more in depth. But Green Day put out a new album uh, less than a week ago. It came out last Friday. Uh, and the backlash on it is ridiculous. Most of my Facebook time is, is spent in, in groups, uh, fan groups for certain bands, uh, groups that, you know, for the type of music I listen to. And the backlash there is, is utterly insane. It is. Uh, and, and I'm not even saying, you know, there's a, there's something to be said for criticism. You know, if you're if you review music and you have some criticism, that's fine. But what I'm talking about is people posting on social platforms and then another person comes in and comments and they're like, you're dumb because you like this. You know, and then maybe they do have an argument or whatever, but who cares? The bottom line is who cares? If someone likes a new Green Day album, that's fine. Someone likes punk rock music. That's fine. Someone likes jazz. That's fine. You know? We all need to get to a point where we understand, like what you like. You don't have to be an expert in it. And criticism is just is just unfounded. Because it doesn't hurt you personally if somebody's listening to a certain type of music. How does that affect your life at all? It doesn't. It doesn't. Let people enjoy what they enjoy. And especially in this day and age where there's so much content out there. There's so much content out there. When I was a kid, you had television and, and you could go to the movies and you had music. You had radio and music that you could go purchase. Now, podcasts and influencers in the finger quotes, of course, and all, you know, YouTubers and all this. Uh, what do we call them? The TikTok people, you know, the TikTok broadcasters or whatever. There's all this content out there. There's something for everybody. And just because something isn't for you doesn't mean you need to call someone dumb or insult them or try to put that particular thing down, for example, a certain kind of music, a certain type, type of television show, a certain film. I mean, I am, I am shamelessly, uh, I shamelessly promote Kevin Smith because he is the reason I went to film school. I don't watch the Oscars. I'm a film school graduate. I'm one of the worst film school graduates on the face of the earth because uh, I'm not into these artsy films and everything. And a lot of people don't like Kevin Smith. And you know what? That's fine. You don't, you don't have to like Kevin Smith. I shamelessly love Kevin Smith. And that's something I will continue to do for the rest of my life. There's no reason anybody, it doesn't affect anyone else's life that I enjoy Kevin Smith, that I enjoy his films. It doesn't at all. Another example is The, the Good Place, that, that series ended recently. Uh, and personally, I, I, I very much dislike the finale. I, I did not like it. It was not for me. Uh, I, st I literally stopped watching it. I let my wife finish watching it. I was like, this is not for me. And a lot of people loved it. I didn't take time out of my day to go criticize people that loved the finale of The Good Place. Because what, what good would that do? Nothing. Honestly, it wouldn't even make me feel better. I always wonder that about people who go on there and just go on platforms and just criticize others. Put other stuff down. Does it, does it make you feel better to do that? Does it make you feel better to insult other people's tastes in music, entertainment, whatever it might be? I don't think it does. It, it it wouldn't for me, and I can't imagine. And if it does for you, or you know someone that it does, maybe they need to question why it does. All right, there's an obvious exception to this. Uh, don't listen to Journey. That's the one. You can insult Journey all you want, uh, because I just don't listen to Journey. <laughs> it's glorified karaoke music. Uh, now, clearly, I'm making a joke. If you like Journey, that's fine. 
you know, and I rant and rave about things, uh, but people are choosing to, to listen to this, this podcast. They're choosing to listen to Go Tell It to the Wall, uh, and, and they know that that's what they're getting into. Maybe I will rant about something that I think is dumb, but I'm not never going to do that to someone's face, you know, and it's not like I'm talking behind people's backs. Don't get me wrong there. It's just I'm giving my opinions and people are choosing to listen to my opinion at this point. Whereas if somebody posts and is like, this is a great song and someone's like, you're dumb. That's a terrible song. What good are you what good are you getting out of that? Again, unless it's journey, then you can insult the hell out of it. Uh, but let people like what they like, like what you like. And when we all realize that it's OK to like things, we can be better to each other. We can do better and everything will just be better. That's all I can say. That's all I can say. All right, let's move along uh, to trending on social. This is where we get into a little bit of the Valentine's Day twist, of course, is trending on social. Got some good hashtags here for you, uh, as well as a couple couple stories. Uh, and we're going to elaborate on a couple of these uh, trending on social things as we get through our other segments. But, uh, but because certain things are trending on social, we're going to talk about that. Uh, first one would be hashtag Galentine's Day. That's right. If you're not familiar with Galentine's Day, I, I don't know that this was officially started uh, by this television show, but definitely picked up steam based on the television show Parks and Rec. Uh, and Galentine's Day was just this, it, this this thing made up for Valentine's Day. Uh, and it's essentially, if you know, instead of going out on a date with your significant other on Valentine's Day, or maybe you don't have a significant, significant other on Valentine's Day, uh, it's all about women supporting each other. So I think this is a cool trend, uh, especially if you're someone like me that, you know, and I, I'm v extremely happily married. I will be celebrating Valentine's Day with my wife and, and my kid to an extent, uh, but we'll be doing it at home. We'll be doing it at home. Uh, so I do like this Valentine's Day movement. In fact, uh, Parks and Recreation actually tweeted out a, a photo of uh, four of the the actresses from the show all celebrating Valentine's Day together this year, I guess. Uh, so check out that one, hashtag Valentine's Day, if you're you're interested, uh, want to see some funny things, uh, some empowering things for sure, you're, you're going to find uh, on any of the social platforms that you search that hashtag. All right, uh, this one, it's a little sappy, but I love it. Uh, hashtag, I'm a better person when. I'm a better person when. Uh, and definitely a couple of these spoke to me here. Uh, somebody actually tweeted a gif of a, of a cat like sitting in the corner, uh, and it says, and I quote, hashtag, I'm a better person when I'm left alone with minimum human contact. Uh, I definitely have that feeling quite a bit myself. I don't want to say all the time, uh, but definitely have that feeling quite a bit myself. And, and people are having fun with this. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, there, there's some fun ones on here. So I would encourage you to check that one out if you need a laugh. Uh, or again, a little uplifting here. And I will say, hashtag, I'm a better person uh when I'm with my wife, my wife is definitely someone that makes me a much better person. My daughter as well. Uh, my wife and my daughter are, are two people that make me a much better person, uh, really on a daily basis. Cause I, I mean, I'm a bit of an asshole now as it is. Uh, if man, if, if I didn't have my wife and my daughter, I, that'd be to the 10th degree. My assholeness would, would just, would just increase and rise like bread in an oven. There's a little, you know, analogy for you, bread in an oven. I know, we're getting a little cheesy here. All right, moving along, hashtag one sentence about love. Hashtag one sentence about love. Uh, people are having fun with this. In fact, Chris Evans uh, tweeted out a photo, a couple photos of him and his dog, and it said hashtag one sentence about love. Pets are love. Uh, he's got a couple emojis on there, and some people are, we're definitely having fun with the photos of their uh, their their pets as well, uh, but I will say this got me thinking, and I, I will say it's a little cheesy here, and we're gonna kind of talk about this throughout a couple segments. Uh, hashtag one sentence about love, and and for me that is love is unconditional. If you know if if here's the thing, if you're sitting listening to this and and you have a significant other, uh, or for the love of God, hopefully not, but if you have children, you know, and you have conditions with them uh, to to maybe make them earn your love. Where you're trying to control, that's not love. That is not love. Maybe it's lust, uh, but it's not love at all. Because love is unconditional. It's absolutely unconditional. Uh, and if you're truly in love, there, there's there's not much that person can do that is going to make you not love them. And to me, uh, that's one sentence about love. Uh, hashtag when your ex calls. Hashtag when your ex calls. This is one to just get some laughs out of. Uh, in fact, 
little morbid, but I saw someone someone post uh, that hashtag uh, when your ex calls, and it was like I knew I didn't dig the grave deep enough. I mean, that's a little ridiculous, uh, but people are having fun with this. And uh, for me, this was definitely like a uh, hashtag when your ex calls. I just let it ring. Just let it ring. I I was. I think throughout my life, uh, you know, ending relationships was like, now we're done, made it very clear. But once in a while, there were calls from exes, uh, and most times I just let it ring. I would say 99.9% of the time, just let it ring. You don't you don't need to, you just, you know. Uh, uh. I'm also kind of a rare breed on that because I, I don't even hang out with exes. I know a lot of people are like best friends with exes and stuff, and it's like, no, nope, that is not for me. I, like we are exes for a reason you go do your thing I will go do mine we are good so I always say just let it ring all right uh, these I really enjoyed this one these are these are just straight up funny and I don't I can't I'm not even sure which site collected these uh, but we've got a little collection of of, of tweets uh, for Valentine's Day when, when you're married these are all themed to Valentine's Day when you're married. I just want to share a couple of these with you. Uh, no specific hashtag, but it's just people sharing funny things. Uh, where is the one that I wanted? Oh, here it is. This is one from at Six Foot Candy. Uh, Husband, I got the dog heart-shaped cookies for Valentine's Day. Uh, me threw a mouthful of cookies. The dog. <laughs> like, and this is really true like some of these are really good um i would encourage you to check this one out maybe we'll post this one on the uh the facebook page because uh, people are definitely having fun with it and like i said uh th my wife thank god my wife is this way but i i've always said um valentine's day is for suckers it, it truly is uh for suckers and i'm all for celebrating you know funny things uh, and, and like I said, my wife and I are going to celebrate. She told me no gifts this year, but there's, there's gifts sitting in the closet behind me. Uh, the, the part that is for suckers is the going out and the doing dinner, you know, stuff. Uh, you're, you're paying twice as much on Valentine's day. It's hard to get a reservation. You've, you've usually got a set menu, uh, and the food just isn't as good. It just isn't as good. Uh, my my wife agrees, so it wasn't much of an argument. But I told her years ago when when we were first like our first Valentine's Day together, which I think we kind of we did go out. We went out to a burner event, Burning Man event, uh, our first Valentine's Day together. But but I had said to my wife, I was like, you know what, my not my wife at the time, but my now wife, uh, you know what, I'd rather go to twelve nice dinners uh, throughout the year once a month, schedule them, than to go to one Valentine's Day dinner. Because you're going to enjoy it more. You're not going out in these crowds, getting reservation, fixed menu, all this other stuff. That's the sucker's part of it. So for me personally and my wife and I, uh, we, we tend to enjoy dinner at home on Valentine's Day. Dinner at home. Uh, she's not going to listen to this episode in time, but I've got, like I said, I've got gifts. And tomorrow, uh, my daughter and I will go pick up uh, some flowers and, uh, and be all set for when my wife gets home from work. And, and I'll, I'll be making dinner and we will, we will enjoy a nice, quiet Valentine's Day at home. Still celebrating it. Uh, but not getting out in the madness. It's just like New Year's Eve. I was I'm like, why people are going out, going crazy on New Amateur night, man. Amateur night. That's Valentine's Day. Amateur night. You can do the same things other nights, and it's not crazy, and people aren't all drunk and running their car into you. And, you know, Valentine's Day. Packed restaurants. Fixed menu. So much better on February 13th and 15th. It really is. Oh, and I'll tell you, I'll be picking up some uh, Reese's valentine's day peanut butter hearts uh on the 15th because that's one of my that is one of my favorite things about valentine's day uh really same thing with easter everything goes on sale <laughs> like the day after and i love me some reese's peanut butter eggs or reese's peanut butter hearts reese's peanut butter all the reese's peanut butter shapes that they do for different holidays all about it i'll be buying a box of them on uh, february 15th all right moving along here we're getting off the uh, valentine's day stuff for now hashtag carnival barking clown Hashtag Carnival Barking Clown. If you haven't seen why this hashtag is trending, uh, it has to do with the Orange Menace, of course. This is a hashtag that has been been put upon him, appropriately so. Uh, and I will say, if you're not familiar with the origin of this hashtag, uh, I hate Michael Bloomberg. Uh, he should not be running for president. He is basically just another Orange Menace. You know, if, if he somehow wins, we're going to have to come up with a name for him. Because uh, he's not very orange, but we're going to need another uh, name. Hey, Bridget. Uh, but as much as I just don't like him and despise him, uh, he was kind of brilliant creating this hashtag. Hashtag Carnival Barking Clown 
because uh, that's really what I see uh, when I when I look at the Orange Menace is a is a carnival barking clown. Absolutely. So check that one out. And there's there's some good memes out there going on with the hashtag carnival barking clown. Uh, and if if you're a Orange Menace fan, I don't know what's in his podcast, but if you are, then don't go search that hashtag because you'll just get mad. All right, I want to get serious for a minute. Uh, and there's reason these next two. There's reason these platforms, and we're going to talk about the the second of these two uh, more in depth when we get to the parenting segment. Uh, th- there's been some stuff flying around uh, regarding Ashley Judd, and I wasn't even familiar with this until I was doing a little bit of research for this particular episode. Uh, she was actually campaigning for Elizabeth Warren. Uh, we don't talk politics on this show, but I'm a big Elizabeth Warren fan. I'm a big Bernie Sanders fan. Uh, I'm. I'm I'm hoping that it's that it's one of them that gets the nomination. For, the, for me, ideally, they just they run together. Boom, let's get it going. Uh, so I, I do love some Elizabeth Warren. Ashley Judd was campaigning for Elizabeth Warren, uh, and Elizabeth Warren tweeted out some some videos or photos, whatever it was. I, I believe it was on Twitter. I'm I I found this through some research on articles, uh, and Ashley Judd's face. People thought it was a little puffy, and if you know Ashley Judd and you look at her, you're like, yes, that is a little puffy. People just started railing on her, going crazy about how her face was. Uh, and unfortunately, of course, this is the kind of world we live in uh, where people were talking about how ugly she was and everything else. Now, let's unpack this for a minute because that's ridiculous either way. There's no reason to jump on social platforms. This is why we're not using Twitter anymore for Go Tell to the Wall. It's the worst on Twitter. And people are jumping on her for being ugly. You, that's ridiculous to begin with. There's no reason uh, to go on platforms and, and talk about someone's appearance. Unless they're orange and they're a gas bag and they think they're the president of the United States, then yes, you can talk about their appearance. But anybody else out there, there's no reason to talk about their appearance. And Ashley Judd is out here doing great things campaigning for Elizabeth Warren. But on top of that, we found out that she actually had a bit of a puffy face for a reason. Uh, she's on a particular type of medication uh, that can um, that can actually make you swell up a little bit and I can't find the exact name of the medication here it's actually a very common medication uh, prednisone prednisone is actually and we have hashtag prednisone that is trending right now because unfortunately people were getting on Ashley Judd about this but fortunately we are also seeing support for Ashley Judd uh, because of the ridiculousness coming out with that and so people that are also on prednisone are sharing their stories with hashtag prednisone uh, and there's also been some great replies to people. Uh, and in fact, I, one was like, I'm not even on prednisone and Ashley Judd looks 10 times better than me than I do on my best day. And it's like, that's the kind of positivity that we need. And like I said, you know, I, I've seen Ashley Judd in movies and stuff. Does she look a little puffy comparatively to, to movies she's been in? Yeah, I'm sure. Have I, have I seen her in a movie in the past 10 years? No, no. People age. She doesn't look weird. It's just she looks a little different than she used to. But the ignorance that flows around on social platforms created this. And that's the world we live in, unfortunately. All right, one more hashtag I want to share with you, and then we're going to move on to entertainment news. And we are going to get into more of this when it comes to parenting. Uh, That would be hashtag... Oh, my gosh. I should have looked up the pronunciation beforehand. Uh, hashtag Zaya. It's either Zaya or Zaya. Z-A-Y-A. And apologies to, to Zaya or Zaya. It, it's just I didn't look up the exact pronunciation. It's Z-A-Y-A. Uh, this is uh, Dwayne Wade's uh, transgendered daughter uh, who came out recently uh, as transgendered. And unfortunately, again, we live in a world where people are getting on not only Zaya, uh, but Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle Union, who is her stepmother, uh, Gabrielle Union, for, for letting this happen. Not even kidding. Some of the stuff made me sick. I actually did look at some of the replies on this hashtag. Made me utterly sick. In fact, there was someone that tweeted just a response, and it was because uh, it said, you know, there was a tweet about Zaya, and it said something. I can't remember the exact tweet, but it said, you know, her. And a couple people responded, her, question mark? And it's like, yes, her, you ignorant son of a bitch. But unfortunately, we live in a world where people can't accept that. And we're going to talk more about that when it comes to parenting, because I think this is a very, very, very important topic, uh, not only regarding parenting, but regarding unconditional love that I talked about. 
unconditional love. But social media is a cesspool, and people think that they need to get their opinion out there and get their hatred out there because I guess they think it makes them feel better. It doesn't. It ain't making you feel better, dude. It's just not. All right, let's get into some entertainment news. A couple things to get in here uh, real quick before we move along regarding entertainment. Uh, And I've got some great music news for you if you're not familiar with what's been happening. Uh, Honey, or sorry, Rick Moranis, who was the star of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids and Honey, I Blew Up the Kid, which was always a weird title for me. (laughs) We're seeing that title come out and I was like, whoa, they, they shrunk the kids and now they're blowing them up. I'm thinking like, you know, blowing up like a bomb. Like, no, no, made them made the kid giant. Uh, so Rick Moranis is actually, we just found out recently, he is returning for the uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids reboot, which is called Shrunk. We talked about this a while ago on the podcast, uh, and, and we already knew that Josh Gad is is starring in Shrunk. Uh, and once this Rick Moranis news hit, we, we now know that Rick Moranis is playing the father of Josh Gad. He is reprising his original character from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, uh, and the extra interesting thing here is, if you're not familiar with Rick Moranis, he actually retired from uh, from acting for a long time. It's a, it's actually a heartbreaking story. Unfortunately, his wife passed away, uh, and when his wife passed away, he retired from acting to just take care of his kids. Uh, has not been acting for, geez, 20 years, maybe not that long, but close to it, 20 years uh, that he hasn't been acting. Uh, and I'm also curious to see if he's going to pop up in the... Uh, uh, the new Ghostbusters movie, which is also going to be very interesting. But uh, congrats to Rick Moranis. And I don't want, I, congrats is not the right word because, uh, you know, he's probably living a great life. But uh, but it, it's nice to see a great actor get back out there. Um, and I'm sure now that his kids are a little older, he's able to do it. And it's a little easier for him to, to especially sign on for something that is a, a reboot in a way of, uh, of, of, of a franchise that, that he started. Rick Moranis. I'm a big Rick Moranis fan myself. Uh Especially because of Ghostbusters, I'm huge, was a huge Ghostbusters fan since I was a kid. So I, I, I enjoy some Rick Moranis. Uh, so I'd like to see him do well, uh, as long as that's what he wants. You know, hopefully this wasn't a thing where he just kind of got pushed into it and was like, ah, fine, I'll do the damn thing. Uh, you know, if, if that's the case, then, then, then I don't hope it does well. But I hope it does well if, if this is what he wants. I'm also a Josh Gad fan. I, you know, he, he was great in Book of Mormon, Olaf. You know, he's, he's good in those things. All right, moving along. Speaking of reboots of uh, things from the 80s and 90s, Mighty Ducks. That's right. Mighty Ducks is officially getting a reboot for Disney+. Plus. Uh, it's development here, so we don't, we don't know a ton about it, but we do know that Emilio Estevez has signed on to reprise his Gordon Bombay character from the original Mighty Ducks and D2, which was the Mighty Ducks sequel. I think they did a D3. Was he in D3? I don't know. Mighty Ducks is really the original. That's all we need to worry about. We do, and like I said, still in development, so we don't have a ton of information, but we do have some information uh, that apparently now the Mighty Ducks, you know, that, that ragtag team of kids from the original movie, uh, they are actually the powerhouse hockey team now in Minnesota, uh, and the premise of the reboot, which it sounds like is going to be a, a more of a mini-series, a 10-episode series, uh, and maybe they'll try to build off of that. The premise is the Mighty Ducks are this, this crazy good team in Minnesota now, uh, and they cut a kid. Uh, who's, who's apparently really good at hockey, and, and the kid goes with his mom, and they go start another team uh, to then try to face the the Mighty Ducks. Uh, so basically, we've taken the Mighty Ducks team from the original movie and made them the bad guys, uh, much like the, the, the Hawks. What's the Hawks? It's, it's been so long since I've, I've, I've seen Mighty Ducks, but the, the, the team, the other team that was like the big bad hockey team, uh, you know, now now the mighty mighty ducks are that team, so it'll be interesting to see that. I don't know if I'll watch. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'll watch a damn thing. See how the reviews are. <laughs> like, see how the reviews are, and then I'll then maybe I'll consider watching it. All right, uh, more. Jeez, more Disney news. We're just full of it this week. Avengers Endgame uh, has a record that you wouldn't think that they would have, and I'm not talking about the highest grossing film at the box office. That does have to do with their record, uh, but. As of the Oscars happening this past Sunday, Avengers Endgame officially holds a record as the only highest grossing film of all time to not win an Academy Award. That's right. They were up for one Academy Award this past Sunday, did not win. They lost to 1917. I believe that was a visual effects award. Uh, I'm not a huge Oscars fan. I barely watched the damn thing. I, it's funny. I, t- I turned on the Oscars like... 
we had some dinner. My brother-in-law and sister-in-law were over. Turn on the Oscars. And, and it was like just in time for Joaquin Phoenix's speech. And I'm just like, and if, I, it was one of those moments where I was like, oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Wait, what? Oh, 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 okay. What? Where are we going? Now? All right. That happened. <laughs> that was basically a play-by-play of me watching the uh, Joaquin Phoenix acceptance speech on Sunday. Uh, but Avengers Endgame uh, now officially has a record for the only highest grossing movie of all time to not win an Oscar. And that's the funny thing. They can't. You know, you see records and it's like, well, maybe. No, <laughs> they, they can't win an Oscar because they're, they're done now. As of Sunday, there's no other Oscar that, that you, they can't win an Oscar of Avengers Endgame. Uh, so that's interesting. Highest grossing movie of all time, uh, film of all time, and no Academy Awards. All right. I know I said at the top of the show, like what you like. Like what you like. And there are exceptions to that journey. Nah, if you like journey, it's fine. Uh, but this is definitely an exception to that. We're getting some news here uh, that the world's first vertical format film is coming to theaters. Vertical format. Uh, for those of you not familiar with what vertical format is, this is... And I don't, I don't like to do this and say, ah, freaking kids. It's kids' fault. That's what's happening right now. All of these influencers and whatnot... Uh, are using their phones straight up instead of in the, the widescreen format. And it's become popular. And people are used to watching these videos. And if you watch, like, the news and they're like, here's this video from blah, blah, blah user. And there's blurs on the side. That's because they don't know how to shoot a fucking film. Okay? So for those of you out there, I'm a horrible film school graduate. For those of you out there, if you're shooting a video with your phone, hold it with wise. That's how we shoot videos. That's actually how you should shoot photos as well. Uh, but Instagram has kind of killed that. I blame all these platforms. Hold the phone vertically. This is actually, and it's funny, that you can't make this stuff up. The name of the film that's being developed to be shown in vertical form in movie theaters uh, is is called Escape from Hell. And uh, you'll definitely be in hell if you're watching a film in a vertical format. I would never, ever, ever, ever support something like this. Uh, it's it's just dumb. It's just dumb. Why? 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 It's fine if you want to make content that's meant to be viewed on a phone. Don't put it on a big screen in a movie theater. That's just stupid. Stupid. I know I said like what you like. Don't like this. Be smart. Do it correctly. Wide format. That's how you shoot things. It's obvious. Like we've got, I'm on the live feed right now. Wide format. You know? If I had it, like, no. That's not how you do it. Jeez. I literally learned, like, in photography, too. I learned this in photography. Unless you're shooting portraits... Hold the camera the correct way. That that's that's ugh. my my old man might be showing a little, but I don't care because like that that's the correct way to do it. That is the correct way to do it. All right, Birds of Prey. This is a film that came out. Oh gosh, I think it came out recently, last week or the week before. It bombed at the box office. Did not do well at all. They're probably gonna uh, Warner's gonna lose money off one. Uh, so to combat the the horrible box office, <laughs> DC and Warner Bro- and I'm. I can't, like, it's just, it's so ridiculous. DC and Warner Brothers changed the title of the film now that it's in theaters. Uh, but they didn't really change it. So the film was called Birds of Prey when it came out. So what they did was Harley Quinn, colon, Birds of Prey as the title. So they just put Harley Quinn in front of it. And apparently Warner Brothers and DC think that's going to fix their ridiculousness at the box office. Uh, spoiler alert, probably not going to change anything at the box office. Just nobody cares. <laughs> nobody wants to see your film. Uh, and I don't even know anything about it. I, it could be a good film, could be a bad film. I don't watch a lot of the DC films. I don't watch a lot of the Marvel films. I was just I was talking about this with my hairstylist yesterday, and we were, we were talking about the Oscars. Uh, I went in to get a haircut yesterday, and she was like, yeah, I don't watch. I, I can't. I fall asleep watching action films. And I was like, I kind of do, too. Uh, there's obvious exceptions on Marvel films for those of you that have been longtime listeners, uh, and that would be Deadpool. <laughs> those are fantastic films. Ryan Reynolds is is my biggest man crush on the face of the earth, and I think he's brilliant in those, and the Deadpool films are brilliant. But outside of that, I'm not a huge fan either. Uh, and I'm not saying you're terrible if you like those. Like, that's fine. You like, you know, Marvel films. I, I watch them. I was thoroughly not entertained by Endgame, but I understand why people would be entertained by that. I just, I had very little interest in it. Uh, and circling back around to the Oscars, we found out this week the Oscars hit an all-time low in viewership. Uh, to give you an example, the Oscars last year in 2019 did 29, and this was funny, all-time low, uh, last year did 29.6 million viewers 
uh, for the 2019 Oscars. For the 2020 Oscars, they did 23.6 million. Uh, so six million less people watched. But I always laugh at these things. 20, 23 million people still watch the damn thing. Seems like a lot of people watching the damn Oscars. And and like like a lot of people don't have interest in the Oscars. See, I live in Los Angeles. Everyone here, you know, everyone here works in the industry. I mean, Jesus Christ, I worked at Disney for eight years and. If you're not familiar, the Oscars are on ABC. It's a Disney chan- a Disney-owned property. Just right up in my face all the time. But, I, you know, I, personally, I don't like the Oscars. I know there's a lot of people out there that, are, that have no interest in the Oscars. Around Los Angeles, yes, everyone's interested because, like, well, I'm in the industry. I have to I have to watch the Oscars. Good for you, dude. Watch them. I totally forgot they were on until I'd finished eating dinner and sitting having a couple drinks with my brother-in-law and sister-in-law here. And uh, and went, oh, let's, let's flip on the Oscars because <laughs> those are happening right now. Zero interest. I also didn't see a limo driving by, uh, driving through the neighborhood, so I, I must have missed that because I know Billie Eilish was was headed down to the Oscars for her performance. And uh, usually, when she's got something going on, you're like, "Why is there a gigantic limo driving?" Through? Oh, it's Billie. Yeah, that's why. All right, one more. Oh no, no, I've got a couple things here. Uh, another thing. This one's just killing me, uh, and I know Bridget's gonna relate on this because uh, actually, and you, I think Bridget has annual passes. Uh, <laughs> that's a good point, Bridget. <laughs> Circling back to Birds of Prey, uh, Bridget says, "Oh shit, that's about Harley Quinn. This is new information." <laughs> like that—that's basically the thought I had, Bridget. I was like, well, "But she's on all of the things. Like you, it's it's. I don't know anything about Birds of Prey, and I knew it was a Harley Quinn film. Like she's on all of the stuff. You see her in the commercials and everything. Like I don't think putting her name in front of the." The title of the film is going to change anything. It's just not. Uh, but like I was saying, Bridget can probably relate to this. I believe Bridget has an annual pass. I don't know how how much those went up. Uh, but we did this this week get news of a price increase for Disneyland. Good Lord. Disneyland. Uh, now they actually have a pricing tier uh, that, that there are certain tickets. And they, they have this. I'm not going to get into all the details of it. But they have it. Like if you're going on a weekend, you're going to actually pay more to go to Disneyland now than opposed, as opposed to a... Uh, a Wednesday, which uh, Wednesday's statistically the best day of the week to go to Disneyland, uh, crowd-wise, uh, for those of you not aware of that. But we have hit a point now where you could end up spend, spending $200 for a day ticket to Disneyland. $200, over $200. That's the point that we're at now. This, These price increases, and I, here's the thing, as I'm not, honestly, as much as I joke about Disney's greed and everything else, I, I'm really not going to lean into that as much here, because I do get it. Disney, Disneyland is a great park. Uh, when I worked at Disney, I'd go to Disneyland quite a bit, uh, and I remember being at working with Magic Mountain, doing a concert up there, and walking around and with a couple other Disney cast members, and being like, you know, you would never see Disneyland this this dirty. You wouldn't see this trash here and everything else. Uh, so I do, I do get it. It is a, it is a magical place. As much as I joke and and get on Disney about all this other stuff, it's a great place. I mean, I took my daughter there back in November, and it was uh, it was it was like seeing Disneyland through through new eyes. You know, after all these years and and being cynical about it. Uh, so so I do get it. But Jesus Christ, taking your kids to Disneyland, you got to take out a second mortgage on the house now. Uh, and that's definitely one of the things I miss from from working at Disney for eight years is that awesome little silver pass and that crazy discount that you get throughout the park and just take your kids to the park. You know, I didn't have that's the thing. I didn't have any kids back then. So and I got some my friends and I would go with my friends and some of their kids once in a while and, you know, go to the park together. Uh, but man, now that I have a kid, I'm just like, oh, I wish I still had that silver pass. Fortunately, I know some people that uh, that are still at Disney, so uh, there's some opportunities there. All right, I want to get into some music stuff here. That's right. I was talking about at the top of the podcast in the weekly rant. Green Day released a new album this last Friday, uh, just about a week ago, uh, called Father of All... Dot, dot, dot. It's Father of All M. Effers is the full title. Uh, they definitely went crazy on this album. I will say, it is not your typical Green Day uh, listening to it, it's clearly Billy Joe. I, I will say that. Billy Joe, uh, and in fact, my good friend Laura and I were talking about this just before I came into the studio. We were talking about the new Green Day album, uh, and, and and one of their songs in particular that I'll talk about. And uh, and it was like, it doesn't sound like Green Day, but both of us were like, but it's Billy Joe. Like, you hear Billy Joe's voice. It's kind of like Tim Armstrong with Rancid. You know, he'll he'll do weird stuff like like uh, Landfill Crew or, or Transplants, and it's very different from Rancid, but you're like, uh, yeah, that's Tim. Like, you, you know it's his voice, and it's very much Billy Joe. Uh, on on the entire uh, on the entire album, you can hear it's them. It's just not your typical, you know, 
Dookie Green Day. For those of you not familiar, <laughs> Dookie, like, that's the name of the album. For those of you not familiar with Green Day, they had an album named Dookie. That was when they really took off, uh, and then from there just really snowballed. Uh, it's extra funny with this because they've, they've done this weird shift throughout their entire career as musicians, uh, and we're just getting another shift here. So you don't have to like it. I like it. I think it's great. I think it's a fantastic album. And I will tell you, for those of you that haven't listened to the album yet, uh, Graffitia. Oh, oh gosh. Graffitia uh, is definitely the best track on that album. And the album's weird, but it's fantastic. I'm all about the new Green Day album. Uh, looking forward to seeing them in, I don't know. <laughs> that is a good point. It is late for his experimental phase, Bridget. But when you look back at, like, Warning, like, look back at, look back at Warning, uh, which was when they took a turn back in the, uh, man, late 90s maybe 2000 with warning and they, they definitely took a shift. Uh, and then American idiot was very much green day, but you had some auto tuning and stuff and it's just, you, you know, and it's not for everybody. You don't like it. That's fine. Don't like it. I'm enjoying it. Graffiti. Definitely the best, uh, best track on the album in my opinion. Oh yeah. is right behind it. But graffiti is definitely the best uh, track on the album. Speaking of new albums, the bomb pops. That's right. The incomparable bomb pops. We do have an official release date for their new album. It's coming out March 13th. Uh, a new new track and video drop this week. Highly, highly encourage any punk rock fans out there to check out that track and that video. I will also say I highly encourage anyone out there that deals with type 1 diabetes uh, to check out this music video. Even if you're not in the music itself, the video is going to speak to you. Uh, if you're not familiar with the Bomb Pops, Polly, uh, who is, is one of the guitarists and singers for the Bomb Pops, actually has type 1 diabetes. And she's very open about talking about it and everything. And the video uh, definitely has a lot to do with type 1 diabetes. So check out that video. Uh, but like I said, the new album is dropping on March 13th. That's going to be a Friday. going to be Friday the 13th. And if you are a punk rock fan, a pop punk fan, they have two, not one, two album release parties going on that weekend. Uh, on March 13th, they will be here at the Offbeat in Highland Park, California. I always love seeing shows at the Offbeat or the Hi-Hat because it's literally walking distance from my house. Uh, and then the following night on Saturday, they will be playing a free show at Slide Bar in Fullerton. Uh, your favorite podcast host, the one and only Sean O'Rourke, will be at both of those shows. Both of them. I will be at a third show on that Sunday, but I will not be promoting that at all until I buy my ticket for it because I don't want it to sell out. Uh, we'll promote that on the next episode. But definitely check out the Bomb Pops. I, I love them. Fantastic band. Great people. It's just, it's... I love hanging out with, like, every time we go to a show, we're hanging out, you know, and you run into Neil and Jen and, and, and Polly and, and Josh, and, uh, and in fact, I saw Jen play an acoustic show, like, two weeks ago, week or two ago, and, uh, and Neil showed up, and it's, it's so much fun. They're, they're just good people, so it, it's always awesome when you have great musicians who are also uh, great people, and, 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 you know, humble, and, uh, and, and a little down to earth, and they are on Fat Records, which I know, I've talked about Fat Mike on here, we tend not to promote Fat Mike, uh, but based on everything else that's going on in the world, he what he did a couple years ago was really not that bad compared to, you know, what the president of the United States does on, on a daily basis. All right, let's move on along to some parenting. And see, I'm, I'm going to go over time as usual. Miss two weeks, go over time. Probably won't have enough time for tech news. I've actually, it's funny. I've been sitting on this one for a couple of episodes now, uh, and I just find it so funny. And this one I will share to the Facebook page. Um, it's it's an article from from Huffington Post, uh, and it's all about the lies we tell our kids. They actually uh, collected a bunch of posts from parents, you know, Twitter and Facebook and and uh, social posts from parents uh, talking about the lies they tell their kid. I'm sure Bridget uh, would have some funny ones uh, to to tell as well. Um, I, 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 I didn't think that much about this one just cause when I was reading through the article, I was, I was laughing uh, so much, but one of them is, is definitely the ice cream truck thing that we've all heard. Uh, you know, you tell your kids, oh, the ice cream truck plays music when they're out of, of ice cream. In fact, I have a, I have a good friend who, uh, who I, and however it came up, he told me, he's like, I'm going to tell my kids that. And I was like, well, how do you explain to your kid when they see other kids running up to the ice cream truck? And he's like, oh, no, no. You just tell them those are the kids that owe money to the ice cream man from when they had ice cream. And I was like, oh, my God, that's evil, but it's brilliant. Uh, and this is people, uh, just the lies that they tell people. And I want to share a couple of these with you. And this is from uh, from at pro war pro warrior, not warrior, warrior. 
Uh, me, I try real. I try really hard not to lie to my kids. Also, me, we can't go to Disney World. It's locked. <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, this one I love as well. Uh, it's from at the dad. How'd this guy get the? Da- oh, it's a blue check mark. It must be a publication or something. Uh, and I quote: I've convinced my son that all toys come with their own unique batteries, and when those batteries die, that toy dies with them. Unfortunately, I can't use this one. My my daughter knows that batteries can be changed out. Uh, and and have to do it quite often. And she will literally, she will come and be like, "It's not working. Can you change the batteries?" And she's three. And I'm like, "Yes, let me go change the batteries." That's a great thing about like three-year-old toys. You got to unscrew everything. It's not just like taking the back off the remote and putting the batteries. Like, oh, I got a screwdriver and all this other stuff. Uh, so I so I get that, it's, especially for annoying toys. There's a lot of annoying toys out there. Uh, of course, I'm used to it. My wife will probably tell you most days I'm quite annoying, so I'm just used to my daughter. I'm not saying my daughter's annoying, but like I play hand percussion. My daughter has some drums. It's like I can't really be like, stop playing that drum. And then I'm in the studio. No, it doesn't work that way. So I'm just kind of numb to it at this point, I guess. Uh, But we're going to share that one on the Facebook page because people people just like people people were having fun with this. And I was definitely literally laughing out loud uh, with a lot of these posts that I was reading. All right. I'm going to have to skim over this and we're probably going to come back to this. Um, because I think this is an important thing, and this is what I teased at the top of the sh- not teased, but what we talk about in so and trending on social, and that was hashtag Zaya. Uh, and this article that I was reading, it it, it talks about, and I want to share this quote with you, uh, because Zaya is is twelve years old, I believe. She is twelve years old, uh, and of course, as I said, Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle Union have been incredibly supportive uh, of of her being transgendered, which. I talked about unconditional love. If you love your kids, you're going to love them no matter what. You're going to love them if they're gay. You're going to love them if they're transgender. You're going to love them if if they're uh, not transgender, trans, uh, transgendered, but just a you know trans crossdresser, transvestite. You know you're going to love them. And Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle Union are doing a fantastic job of this. And I want to share this quote with you from Zaya. And I quote: "Just be true to yourself, because like." What's the point in being on this earth if you're going to try to be someone you're not? It's like you're not even living as yourself. She is 12 years old. 12 years old. And a lot of people are just too young and all this other stuff. No, no, no. All you have to do is hear that quote and understand that 12 years old is not too young to, to, to start realizing who you're really meant to be. And I applaud Dwayne Wade. I applaud... Gabrielle Union. I applaud Zaya most of all. Uh, and I also applaud everyone out there that's supporting. And anyone out there who's being hateful and thinking this is terrible, go look at your own life. Go ask yourself why you are getting on a 12-year-old for wanting to live her true life. Ask yourself that if you're someone that feels the need to spew hate. Because most likely, there's something wrong with your own life. Zaya is not affecting your life at all. At all. Her identity has nothing to do with you. So shut it. And like I said, it is great to see the people supporting. It's just not great to see the people criticizing. All right, I want to talk about it. I'm just, you know, I'm going to get, I'm going to try to get through this as quick as possible because we are running short on time. I actually have a story for you. Uh, and it was, it's very heartwarming and maybe it's not going to be incredibly heartwarming for you, but it was very heartwarming for me. And it's so little, it's such a little thing. Uh, so yesterday I go to get my haircut and there's this, there was a, my, my salon screwed up. I live like right. I live like two blocks from where I get my haircut at my salon here. Uh, shout out to the hive and Amanda who does a fantastic job with my hair, but they had a, they had a scheduling issue with the computer. So I go in to get my haircut and I had it scheduled. Even Amanda was like, Oh my God. No, no, I, I, I was standing here with you when you scheduled it. I usually get haircut on the weekend. She was out, like, the weekend's bookending this week. Uh, so I did, like, a midweek one. I had my wife come home early from the office and everything. I go in there and uh, super apologetic. But because of that, I had to get my haircut with someone else. So I said, all right, I'm going to run home. You got you got another open slot with, with a, a hairstylist I know who actually cut my friend's hair a couple months ago. And we sat in, like, two chairs apart from each other. Uh, so I, I knew she was a good hairstylist, and for those of you watching live feed, it, it's a pretty good haircut. Uh, but as I'm sitting there, you know, I've never really talked to her. As we're talking, you know, what do you do? You know, I have a podcast and a channel, and 
uh, and I host live events, blah, blah, blah. And she's asking me what the podcast is about. So I'm talking about it, you know, and obviously it's a pop culture and current events podcast. Uh, but I mentioned that I have OCD uh, and I talk a lot about mental health and mental illness on the podcast. Uh, and she was very intrigued by this. She said, oh my gosh, that's great. And then she literally said to me, this is what just warmed my heart. She said to me, she goes, you know, OCD, that can, re- that can lead to like depression and other things, right? And I was like, yes, absolutely. And that's why I talk about these things. And she was touched by the fact that we're trying to erase the stigma. And as I'm talking to her, I'm going, you know, 15 years ago, getting my hair cut like this, unless you were very well versed in, in mental illness or you had one yourself, you wouldn't have known that. But we are getting better as a society with this. There was no stigma from her. She fully respected it. And she had that little bit of extra knowledge that something like obsessive compulsive disorder can also go hand in hand with depression and anxiety. It warmed my heart. Absolutely warmed my heart. And you can see we are we are moving along. We have a long way to go, but we are moving along when it comes to awareness and education around mental illness and mental health. And in fact, companies are getting behind this. It came out recently that Lululemon, where it costs you $300 to get a pair of sweatpants, I, the, regardless, Lululemon is actually working on a mental health program for all of their employees. And I've seen this come out from other companies as well. Companies are actually making this a, a priority and something that they are focusing on for their employees. Mental health care. And it's fantastic to see this because I think back to when I was working for big companies and I was having debilitating mental illness at the time and I was terrified to say anything. I was terrified to not go into work. Terrified. I didn't want it to affect my job. But this is also very heartwarming because we're seeing companies are getting behind this and they're realizing there is a need for it. And they're realizing that people out there There's nothing wrong with them because they are dealing with a mental illness. So I applaud you, Lululemon. Uh, I applaud any other companies out there that are are working toward programs, support for their employees. Maybe stop charging $300 for some sweatpants, but outside of that, you're doing a great job, Lululemon. Uh, And I want to share this with you. This kind of goes hand in hand with mental health uh, as well as parenting. And there was a study uh, led by the University of, University College London, so in the UK, this is all UK research, uh, they actually did a study and attached ex- accelerometers uh, to teenagers, to teenagers to study their movement uh, and, and their mental health and found that teenagers who are sedentary, who sit too much, uh, are more prone to depression as they become adolescents. So if you have, like... For just as an example, a 14-year-old who sits around and just watches television and plays video games, sits on a computer or whatever, uh, according to this study, they are more likely to develop depression as they become adolescents. I'm not going to get into all the numbers here. They have all kinds of numbers to support it. They literal, It was literally a case study with teenagers. Um, so I, I just wanted to kind of go top end on that and, and point it out to everyone. Uh, and, but two things that come from this, you shouldn't sit too much anyway. We didn't need a study, uh, to tell us that teenagers need to get off their ass and, and, and get out of the house. Uh, and on the other side of the coin, I will tell you, uh, I was not a sit around teenager, not a sit around. T- I, I, I played three sports, uh, throughout high school, uh, in, in middle school. I, I got home from school and, uh, my inline skates went on my feet. And, uh, and that was in, until my mother yelled, not yelled at me, but yelled for me to come inside and have dinner. That's what I did. Did not do a lot of sitting around and especially in high school, never sat around. Like I said, played three different sports, had summer league basketball, had running camp during the summer, uh, cause I was a track athlete. Uh, and I was also very, very, very much into bodyboarding throughout the summer. I, when I was a teenager in high school, uh, during the summer, I went to the beach every single day every single day for a sunset sesh, uh, either out at La Jolla or Oceanside. Uh, and the reason I bring that up is not to brag that I was an active teenager. The reason I bring that up is I have debilitating mental illness uh, that was developed really before I was even a teenager. Uh, so it's not to say it's going to eliminate it, but it's going to help. It's going to help. And and like I said, 
nobody, especially teenagers, nobody should just be sitting around all the time. You know, you can have a bad day and you can watch four movies at home. You know, like, you know, have a stay in day. That's fine. Not every day. Not every day. So nobody should be sitting around. Uh, but just be aware of that, especially if you have uh, have teens at home uh, or adolescents, um, just, just to help them be more active. I think that's good for you in general. Uh, that being said, as much as I do have a debilitating mental illness, uh, when I'm active, that, that helps me with it. That's part of what got me into triathlon, uh, you know, as an adult, uh, was, was it helped with, with my mental health. All right. I want to get through a couple of these tech items real quick. Uh, cause there's a couple of, of good ones and there's actually a couple that I have had put aside for a while here. Uh, Facebook has a new partner. They have partnered with Reuters. Uh, Reuters is going to start fact checking everything on Facebook. So this is great because Facebook was under a lot of fire and it, Facebook's a cesspool, not nearly as much as Twitter, uh, but they've been under fire for some, some false information and letting things go out. Uh, and so of course, in response to that, they have partnered with Reuters to do fact checking, uh, on Facebook and, uh, they're clearly trying to avoid a firestorm, uh, and I, I won't say good on you, Facebook, because they're trying to cover their asses, but this is a good thing uh, to not see misinformation coming out on Facebook, because a lot of people th- see things on social platforms, and they just they take it for fact. It's like, no, 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 no. Just because just cause someone posted it doesn't mean it's actually true. A- anyone can do this shit. Like, you know, you just you just need an electronic device. It's not hard. Uh, so, so that's new. That'll hopefully uh, make it a little better. Surf, you know, searching through Facebook and, and scrolling through and all that good stuff. Uh, Match Group has actually invested in a company called Noonlight. Noonlight. Uh, and Noonlight is going to provide safety features. If you're not familiar with Match Group, they own Tinder. Uh, they own Match.com. They own a few other uh, of, of those dating sites. Uh, and the, the uh, Noonlight is actually going to implement more safety features uh, within the apps. Uh, so if you're having a bad date or you end up in a dangerous situation, uh, they're actually going to they're creating stuff that can help with that, whether it's getting in touch with law enforcement or, or calling an Uber, whatever it might be. Uh, th- that is stuff that's coming down the pipe. So if, so if you use dating apps, look forward to that. I think this is a great idea. I think I think it's fantastic. I'm not familiar with dating apps. I just I never I never use them. And it's I'm not saying like I'm too I was too cool to use dating apps. And then, no, no, I just I never use them myself. Um, I think they're great. I think if, maybe if I was single at my age and in this day and age, maybe I would now I just. You know, I wasn't I wasn't used. I, I've been with my wife for seven years. We've been married almost five years uh, and, and I was not using them before that. So but I do I do see the importance of it. And I think it's great to have safety features built in because you could end up on a bad date. Uh, I was I'd been on some bad dates in, in, in my lifetime. And uh, that was not even using using a platform where you you have people going on there. You know, I don't want to say there's a lot of predators on there, but you have people going on there that are definitely not everyone, but you have some people, I'm sure, that are trying to take advantage of other people. So it's good to see those safety features come in. Uh, FTC, the Federal Trade Commission. This is something we talked about like a year. Oh, man, maybe even over a year ago. Uh, they cracked down on influencers, uh, influencer marketing. Uh, and that was when the, you had to start including the hashtag sponsored. You had to specify that it was a sponsored ad if you're posting it on one of your social platforms. Uh, they're actually cracking down again, not so much cracking down on the influencers themselves, but the FTC uh, is actually starting to come down on companies uh, who who are are not making the, their marketing people that hire these influencers, not keeping all that copacetic uh, and, and not pu- putting it out as actual advertising as opposed to just organic posts and everything else. Uh, for those of you that aren't aware, uh, there has not been a single beer on the podcast that I have been paid to promote. There is not a single beer. Uh, there's been a couple that I've gotten for free, but not not for free with the purpose of please go and do this. Uh, so, so anything is promoted here uh, on Go Tell It to the Wall, unless it's been specified as sponsored, uh, which has been like maybe one thing over the last three years. Uh, it, it, none of it is sponsored. It's it's all just it's literally my own opinion. It's me talking to a wall. Yelling at this wall, and some people are watching, and some people are listening to it after the fact. None of it's—it's it, it's all my own opinion. Uh, one more thing I want to leave with you, leave you with, and this is, of course, Facebook adding more junk to their thing. They—they're uh, adding a, a thing called Hobby to Facebook, which is an app to document your personal project. Uh, this is going to be geared toward hobbyists uh, to organize and post photos of their hobby. Uh, so. I, it was hard for me to wrap my head around this, but the, the best way I was able to think of it was like somebody building uh, like a custom car or a model airplane and you're taking pictures as you go through. And then this hobby aspect of Facebook uh, will help you organize all that, which I 
I don't know. Facebook just likes adding shit. I, I, I don't know. It's not that hard to organize photo. Like, I, I don't know. But it's there for those of you that might be interested in, in hobby. H-O-B-B-I. Not Y. Yeah. They got to spell it differently, too, because that's what we do. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, man. That's going to we are way over time tonight, too. That's going to do it for me. I'm exhausted. It's like 50 degrees outside. I'm going to go out and go outside for a minute and shiver and then <laughs> come back into the warmth. Uh, but yeah, that's going to do it for us with for episode 121. I know, like I said, we missed two weeks, but we will be back next week. Uh, same wall place, same wall time. Remember, you can keep up with us on Facebook, facebook.com slash go tell it to the wall. Also on YouTube, head over to YouTube, search go tell it to the wall, subscribe to our channel. Uh, my own personal Instagram account, which is SoCalSean, S-O-C-A-L-S-E-A-N. Make sure you're following that. And most importantly would be SeanOrWorkLive.com, which you will find links to those things I just mentioned, as well as uh, blog posts and, and all that good stuff, all living on SeanOrWorkLive.com. That's your one-stop shop for everything that is Sean O'Rourke, the one and only Sean O'Rourke, uh, as well as everything Go Tell It to the Wall. As I said, this has been episode 121. I'm your absolute favorite podcast host, the one and only Sean O'Rourke. We'll see you next week with episode 122. And until then, remember, wall fans, common sensors, podcast consumers, no matter what you do, no matter who you're with, no matter where you go, and especially no matter why you are doing it, always. Always use common sense.